from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report on Radio Andy, where we count down the top 10 things that made us go wow. Uh, I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by uh, James St. James, the literary, inestimable, incomparable, superlative, 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 James St. James. I like that. Yes. And um, Blake, you're you're standing in for Tom this week. I I am, I am. He is having some dental surgery. His wisdom teeth taken out, which sounds like he's going to blow up like a balloon. There's nothing worse than, than dental problems. I think having a wisdom teeth out is really painful, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, we're sending good vibes to Tom. Uh, of course, we continue to be remote and locked down um, as the extreme, extreme lockdown here in Los Angeles. We are where if we are, if we go to move our cars from one side of the street to the other, we are going to be ticketed and thrown in jail. If we go to the grocery store, we may be stopped and asked to see our papers. <laughs> this is definitely this is definitely an anus horribilis, as Queen Elizabeth said. Yes, an anus yes. horribilis. Oh, but the good news is it's International Mountain Day today. Well, let's <laughs> all go to Mount Shasta and look for some Lemurians. Go climb a mountain, yeah, with a mask on, right? Yes, yes. Take a hike. You know, you know, the Lemurians is an ancient alien race that are supposed to live in Mount Shasta, which is the mountain that you can see sometimes on clear days that has the snow cap on it. They're ten- Out here in California. Yeah, yeah, they're 10-foot aliens that were from a city of Lemuria uh, that they cultivated, and then it, it sunk, and so they all went and stayed in uh, Mount Shasta. And sometimes you can see them. They look a bit like Gandalf from the Lord, Lord of the Rings. Oh, good. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit more about aliens in this in this episode, I believe, as we count down the top 10 things that made us go wow this week. Number 10, Blake. Number 10. Um, so I am actually in Arkansas right now. I had to come home for a death in the family. Oh. But, um, I flew into Houston because my little sister has been travel nursing still. And we drove home. I had to stop at a small mall in Lufkin, Texas. And I'll be damned if no person, well, half of the people in there were either not wearing a mask or they were on their phone with their mask pulled down, or the nose was out. So, thankfully, this week, uh, vaccines, vaccinations began in England with Margaret Kenwood, was Margaret Kennan, a 90-year-old woman, was the first. And the second in the UK was a man named William Shakespeare. How? Well, now... (laughs) It, that brings up the point. Are you, if you were um, asked to be on the front line and or be one of the first people, would you do it, or are you going to wait a couple months to see the results? I think I would go ahead and do it. Yeah. But what happens if it turns us all into zombies, or limbs start falling off, or things like that? Don't don't you, I like? I remember when Botox first came out, and the idea of injecting botulism into your face. I kept thinking, I want to wait a year or so to see what happens to people before I try this. Well, I wish you hadn't waited, right? 
How dare you, sir? So, um, also, you know, this week we found out that dumb fuck in the White House passed up on a million Pfizer vaccines for us back in the summer. So, and then we heard that um, Jenna Ellis, the woman that was sitting right next to Rudy Giuliani when he farted in court, now has COVID after he had COVID. The question is, did she get it? At, they've had like so many Christmas parties where they've oh. dwindled the the guest list down to two only two hundred people, but she has been seen at many of these not wearing masks. So I asked, did she get it from Giuliani's fart or did she get it from the White House? Well, you know, every time I hear Jenna Ellis, I hear Jenna Elfman in my head, and I keep thinking that it's the actress Jenna Elfman who has COVID. It's just such a great moment of when Giuliani does fart and. And she looks at him like, I was like, I was wondering if she was trying to hold her breath so she didn't like <laughs> inhale the morbid fog of fecal disease. Oh, imagine or, that, that Skeletor's farts. Or was she choking on her own vomit? I mean, that might be a preferable way to die, I think. <laughs> but all joking aside, I mean, the deadliest days in American history. Number one was Galveston Hurricane, 8,000. Number two, Antietam, uh, 3,600. Number three, September 11, 2001. Number four, last Thursday. Number five, last Wednesday. Number six, last Tuesday. Number seven, last Friday. Number eight, Pearl Harbor. You know, it's shocking. And, and, and people still won't wear masks. Yeah. Well, and, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, well that's I, a great cheery note. Sorry. Okay. I just yeah. ask everyone, please wear your mask, especially during the holidays if you have to travel. Yeah, I, I've, been, I've been battling with my sister because she still is insisting that I come over for Christmas. And I am saying no, 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 no. But she's taking it as a personal insult that I won't be with her. I know. I feel like a lot of people down here in the South feel that way. Like they feel offended that yeah. you're wearing a mask or that you won't give them a hug. And it's like. No, I'm trying to stay safe and I'm trying to keep you safe as well. But mm. alas, 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 wear a mask. Number nine, James. Number nine. Um, I started watching The Flight Attendant on HBO. Uh, it's a new series that they have starring Kaylee Cuoco from uh, Big Bang Theory. And she was also, I think, give her an Emmy for her work on Harley Quinn, the cartoon yeah. she's doing. She is so good on that. And she's really sort of proven that she really does have acting chops on this. She plays a party girl. She's a flight attendant on an international flight uh, on an international airline. And she's a party girl. And everywhere she touches down, Bangkok, Tokyo, Paris, Berlin. She's at the parties and she's in her little cocktail dresses and she's sleeping with all the guys and she's going to all the clubs and she's doing all the drugs. And then she just barely makes it to the, the flight the next day each day. Well, one time she's in working first class and this hot guy is sort of flirting with her and they end up going to the hotel when they land in Bangkok and they have a wild night of just passionate sex and partying and you just see them drinking and doing lines and this and that. And the next day she wakes up 
just as you know, she's late for the for the plane, and she looks over, and his throat has been slashed, and he's complete. He's covered in blood. He's dead as a doornail, and she panics. She doesn't know what to do, so she starts cleaning up the mess that she sees around her. She's trying. She cuts herself, which of course leaves some blood there. She accidentally leaves her ID behind, and she gets on the plane, and she's trying to pretend nothing has happened. And there's like a, a marshal on the plane staring at her. And she's all nervous. And then afterwards, when they get off the plane, uh, they're all brought into a room by the Interpol or whatever. And they're all talked to. And Rosie Perez is one of the flight attendants. Um, uh, Zoja Mamet from Girls. Zoja Mamet, uh, David Mamet's daughter, uh-huh. is her best friend. Um, T.R. Knight from uh, um, Grey's Anatomy is in it as well as Nolan Gerard Funk, who is a Broadway actor and very good looking. And it's weird because the show is, um, it's funny. It's, it's, it's not really a comedy, but there's a lot of funny elements in it and it goes very fast. It's like an old MTV music video where there's multiple screens going. It sort of looks like this. There's like things happening all the time. And um, she plays it to at her, the way she is just terrified and realizes the, all the ways she fucked up. She keeps flashing back to everything that she did wrong. And uh, that's sort of where we are, where it's sort of a cat and mouse game where they're trying to pin it on her now. So, But I really recommend you watch it. It's, uh, it's refreshing. It's, it's, it's not HBO in tra- tra- traditional HBO sense, but it's, it's really done well. Well, you know, the interesting thing, I think, about HBO Max is that it seems to bear no relation to HBO. It's like they're doing like cheap reality shows. They're doing like it's just unbranding the brand of HBO. I mean, yet yet they're pouring just as much money into it as they did Game of Thrones. You know, it's mm. like you tell this is like a billion dollar production, but it just doesn't look like prestige TV. Right. Doesn't look or feel like it, but you like it, right? I do. I'm enjoying it. And, and I actually, I've, I've become a Kaylee Cuoco fan in my uh, dotage. I, I don't understand. I never liked her. on. I never watched Big Bang Theory, but now all of a sudden I'm finding that she's like one of the greatest actresses of our generation. Does it come out every week or are all the episodes on HBO Max? Um, it's, it's a weekly thing. Okay. Okay. Number eight. Number eight. So it's been a busy week in space and um, there's monoliths popping up everywhere. And I have news for you, James. Like, do do we have any idea where they're coming from, the monoliths? No, I, I'm beginning to think it's a marketing ploy for some Netflix show. I'm 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 getting a little I'm getting a little tired of it, I think, even though I really want to know what's going on. Well, I saw an article uh, about the, the, Haim Eshed, who was head of Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years, he's a retired general, has come out and said that there is a galactic federation um, and that they run an underground Mars base in a in a secret pact with Washington. And um, apparently Trump was on the verge of revealing uh, alien existence and the aliens in the galactic federation said, hang on a minute, you know, you've got to let people calm down first before you tell them. And weirdly, I mean, the reason I don't believe this story is because no one ever tells Trump to do anything and he does it. So well, I'm wondering if maybe Putin isn't really pulling the strings. It's the aliens that's pulling all of our strings. 
much. I like that yanking our chains, I think. Um, uh -huh. Because they, they don't want to reveal themselves until we are ready as a society to deal with the concept of aliens on the planet and the concept of space travel and everything right. until we're morally uh, uh, better people. So it could be quite some time. Might not be like, our lifetimes. Right. Um, but also, uh, yeah, so they built this base underground in, in uh, Mars, um, and they're here to study the fabric of the universe, which okay. is also in the news this week because the European Space Agency have released a new picture of the Milky Way. And it's absolutely incredible. We'll post it on the WOW report. It's got 1.8 billion stars in it, and there's an animated version that is on YouTube that we'll also share. It's absolutely incredible. And I didn't realize, maybe you knew this, that at the heart of the Milky Way is a giant black hole. Did you know this? Oh, okay. Sagittarius A asterisk is the, and Earth is quite close to it. We, uh, where we are, thought are we, we were. Talk, are, are we talking close as in we are a billion years away from it or close as in tomorrow? 27,000. 700. We thought we were 27,700 light years away, but it now turns out we're actually 25,800 light years away. So we're much closer than we thought we were to the black hole. Um, but the only thing is a, a, a light year is 6 trillion miles. So I guess we're still I, 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 I think it did, this is another thing that won't be in our, uh, our, our lifetime, but it is something to to keep in mind <laughs> we are drifting towards the black hole right we're just going to get sucked away into a black hole is that what what this is oh, yeah that's yeah that's our ultimate destiny yes sagittarius a asterisk that's where we're all going to end up oh all right well that's all i got for that so um i know that uh the spacex they were going to have a launch uh and they had to postpone it so of the of the rocket that's supposed to take us to mars so you know, that's Tesla's, Elon Musk's thing. Uh -huh. Should we take a break? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's take a break. I've got a question. Since today is International Mountain Day, we know that the biggest mountain on Earth, or the highest mountain on Earth, is Mount Everest. Um, what is the highest mountain in North America? Ah, okay. Mm. You're listening to our report on radio, Andy, and we'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello, welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton Bailey here with James St. James and sitting in for Tom Campbell, Blake. Hi. I had, I had a question for you guys. Um, these, today is International Mountain Day. And we all know that the highest mountain in the world is Mount Everest. What is the highest mountain in North America? Well, I'm going to say Pikes Peak. And I'm just going to say Mount Shasta because we've been talking about that. <laughs> um, well, the, it's probably the mound of shit that Trump's been spewing. Ah, trick question. But it's actually Denali in Alaska. Oh, okay, okay. So there you go. Speaking of really big things, I just want to give a little bit of a plug for the new album from the Frock Destroyers. It's out now with the lead single, Her Majesty, and we just dropped the new single, Big Ben. 
uh, because I think we all love a really big plot, right, James? <laughs> exactly. And it, I, I was watching the WoW report. I mean, I was watching the WoWie Awards. They were absolutely fantastic, and I love the single. Uh, we check out Big Ben. It's the new. It's the new single. It's the second single. It's really good. Um, it's available on iTunes, etc. Okay, so we're counting down the top ten things that make us go wow, and we've reached number seven. Number seven. Um, have you guys seen the Mariah Carey Magical Christmas special? I certainly have, and I loved every single second. Just I, loved it. I have to say, I really liked it too. And I was into Christmas Mary. I was into Christmas Mariah Carey before it was cool. Like I've been listening to that first record since like '94. So her being the I can go one better than you. I have actually seen the Christmas show live in person at the Beacon Theater in New York. That is amazing. <laughs> so it opens up with um, Tiffany yeah. Hanisha's reading yeah. the story and Mariah kind of has to, she's um, Santa's secret helper to bring holiday cheer. And Santa calls her because this year, you know, we need more Santa, more Christmas cheer than ever. So she goes to the North Pole and is supposed to put on a Christmas show and it's really good. But my favorite part of the entire thing is her outfits and her hair. Of course. Her first outfit is this awesome. It kind of reminded me of RuPaul from the first season poster of RuPaul and the, the motocross outfit, but it's oh, all right. with like sequins and snowflakes. And, and then she comes out in like, my favorite gown, I think, was this gold sequin number that had a split up to there, you know. And my favorite hair was this feathered hair. <laughs> it was amazing. But anyway, uh, the connection, Art Khan, who actually won an Emmy with Zaldi last year for RuPaul's Drag Race, he was on set for this. He helped out with this show, too. And I have to say, he did an amazing job. It's really good. Billy Eichner's in it too. He plays the sort of lead elf. Yeah, Billy Eichner's in it. Um, Snoop Dogg shows up. That's of hilarious. Of course, the Ariana and Jennifer Hudson. I think that may be one of my favorite songs of the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have heard that. You know, it's cheesy and it's fun and it's unapologetic and it's it's sort of just what you need, right? And I liked that it told a story. Like I, I could feel like kids could watch it, you know, and and really enjoy it. And in contrast with like, I loved Casey Musgraves' holiday special last year, but it was a little more variety showish, you know. I enjoyed that this was like a story that was told. So I think you should probably check it out, James. It's only forty minutes of your life on Apple Plus. Okay, yep. I will. I will set aside my my Mariah, uh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what festive cheer have you got for us at number six, James? Number six. Number six. <laughs> Very unfestive. Oh my god! I finally, finally, six months later, have watched Midsummer. Everyone. It's like a year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half. God bless me. I'm so sorry. I I, I I don't know why. I had cultural blinders on. I just, I for some reason, I resisted watching it. Well, 
I after watching, I did the undoing one night, at, like Fenton did, till two in the morning. I watched the entire series, and it really it's it's draining. It really takes a lot out of you because it's relentlessly grim and relentlessly just uh, uh, exhausting. What goes what, what what they go through. So I was in a weird mindset anyway. And then I had, like I, I said, I had an argument with my sister that went it was about a five hour long argument. And it was every you know, like in 1975 you did this, and in 1981 you did that. And we went back and forth, and back and forth. And I was in a really terrible mood. After so I did the undoing. I had an argument, and then I went straight into midsummer, and it <laughs> fucked me up. It really did a number on me mentally. It's taken about four or five days for me to get out of this. Like I mean, you, from the from the onset, you know what's going to happen in midsummer. Like there's just no two ways about it. They go they go to a pagan festival in Sweden, and you know from every burnt offerings fire, you know uh, the wicker man, everything that these things do not end up well for outsiders going to some festival that's been going on for a thousand years. And you see it coming, you see it coming and they drag it out and they drag it out and it finally happens. And it's just, I don't know. It is, it is really, like I said, I think I need to go to therapy after this. You seem to be still suffering from it. I was going to say, you feel a little, a little, uh, traumatized or uh, I, I was very traumatized by it and I can I know these movies I've seen a million of them but for some reason this one played out I was just and it, it just shows that so much of your movie going experience depends on how you go into the movie whether you're open to it or not I saw um that and Joker on the same night my friend Steven had screeners so I was a little in the cups which is how I think you should go into movies like this. Then you don't take it that seriously. Because I feel like if I wouldn't, I would have been in a funk, just like you're talking about. Did you enjoy the movie, though? I, no. <laughs> no, not at all. It was beautifully done. And I don't yeah. think we can underestimate what drones have brought to uh, movie culture. The I, you know, the every single movie has those marvelous drone shots now, where you are getting this big, wide, expansive view of things, and it really has changed. It, it is the most it, twenty. It's the biggest innovation in twenty first century cinematography. And even in the Undoing, you have that wonderful scene where she's at the party, and all of a sudden you see outside the building, she's in a skyscraper, and this drone shot pulls back from the window, and you just get the the wider and wider view of Manhattan. And that never could have been done. You had to have, you'd had to have had a helicopter, and it just wouldn't have been the same thing. I just it's the cinematography in Midsummer is amazing. The acting, Florence Pugh, is it? Is that who it is? Yeah, she was really good. Um, and uh, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch it again. And full frontal. Yeah, there was some full frontal, and then that was that was a nice little respite. I love the colors. Yeah, and the outfit at the end where she's all covered in flowers mm-hmm. before she gets served as in a feast in a satanic feast. 
Yes, and he's in the bear suit where they they carve out his guts and plop him in. I love that. Oh my god! It's okay, I'm Star gonna... Wars, isn't it? <laughs> That's Midsummer on Prime Video. All right, uh, number five. Number five. Um, I'm getting back on the festive bandwagon. Uh, Happiest Season, James. I think you need to see this. This will cure you up. This will cure your malaise. This will set you back to rights. It's um, Clea Duval's very merry same sex Xmas. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. She directed this movie. I love Clea Duval. I can't remember what movie she was in, but she's always been just very attractive and gamma. I suppose is the way. Now I do remember when she came to your house. I do not. Uh, it was during Party Monster, and you had you hosted a party at the house, and Natasha Leone came with Maya Rudolph and Clea Duvall, and we had never heard of either of them. Maya hadn't joined Saturday Night Live yet, and it was just these three, you know, it was just, and Chloe was there, Chloe Sevigny, and they were just the hippest girls in the room. It was at, yeah, and it was really, just literally, it was like just the six of us. Throwing a fabulous party, and I have no recollection. Actually, it's a bit like my experience of this movie because I sort of watched it through a fog of eggnog, and I can only remember bits and pieces. But they're very happy bits and pieces. I, I think Claire Duval's actually a great director too, and um, Kristen Stewart plays the the love interest. And basically, I do love Kristen Stewart. I love yeah. her. And it's basically a young woman has a plan to propose to her girlfriend. Um, and then she decides to, she invites her home. Um, the, one of the girlfriends invites the other girlfriend home because the other girlfriend is an orphan and has no parents and doesn't like Christmas. So she, the girlfriend invites her home. And the idea is that the other, I'm making a complete mess of this. There are two lesbians, two lesbians having a relationship. One is an orphan and the other decides to invite her home for the holidays. And the orphan is the idea of proposing over the Christmas holiday. But, yes, James, exactly. She has not come out to her parents. Her parents don't even know she's gay. And her dad is running for mayor. He's played by um, Victor Barber. I love Victor Barber. And um, Dan Levy has been left in charge of the fish uh, back at uh, at home. Um, so he's got a little bit part. And, oh, God, what's her name? Mary Steenbergen is the wife. Oh, of the- I love me some Mary Steenbergen. Yeah. From, right here, from right here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, is that a fact? So, but, you know, the, she goes home and suddenly realizes that her girlfriend doesn't want to have anything to do with her and is pretending to have boyfriends and isn't out in front of her parents and doesn't want to fuck up her dad's re-election for mayor or election for mayor. So it rapidly, everything goes rapidly south. And uh, I thought it was really, the reviews haven't been very generous. The New York Times said, straight expectations sour a lesbian couple's holidays in this romantic comedy. Oh, I suppose. Well, I, I, I do think there is something to be said for the fact that we need to move on from coming out stories and just have a, a, a regular story about two, you know, two women who are in love and some problem that doesn't involve coming out mm-hmm. or, um, uh, you know, the old killing the gay trope or, you know, you know, torturing the, the gay, just have a happy story that has some, that has nothing to do with any of the things, the stories that have, we've been telling for 40 years. 
Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, every season now, there's more and more, there's Hallmark Christmas movies, there's Lifetime Christmas movies, there's Netflix Christmas movies. This movie's actually on Hulu. Anyway, there's so many effing Christmas movies. It's surprising that this must be one of the only gay ones. I think maybe there's another one. I think there's one coming soon. Uh, I think it releases on the 13th. Mm. But I'm, I forget the name. It's about two gay guys and uh, going. It's like a ranch. Hand. It's kind of like Brokeback, except a rom com Christmas movie. Um, rom com Brokeback, just what we called, just what we needed. Love Claire Duval. I love this movie. It really is feel good. James, you're completely right. It, we do need to move on from the sort of coming out story. And I suppose, in a way, this does it by putting it in a Christmas context. And needless to say, you know, it's it's you can just see the drama all leading to a climactic denouement in front of the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. And will people do the right thing and uh, things of that nature? Uh, I will definitely check this out because I, I do love some I do love me some Christmas Stewart. Yeah. While in the holiday spirit, I got to tell you that Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race season 13 premieres on New Year's Day. Uh, and every Friday thereafter, 8 p.m., the trailer is out. It just leaked. <laughs> um, so, yay. And Did you, there, there was a meme uh, that when it was going around, it was a TikTok that showed um, uh, uh, the Sue, what was her name from uh, Glee? Jane thingy. Jane Lynch. Yes. And Jane Lynch is pushing somebody down the stairs and they fall down the stairs. And it says that this is what Rue is doing to the intern who leaked the, the, the thing. The intern who leaked the trailer. The actual footage of RuPaul uh, punishing the intern for leaking the footage. <laughs> and it will be on Wow Presents Plus Worldwide, excluding US, UK, Canada, and Australia. All right. Um, We'll take a break. You got a question, yeah. Blake? I do, of course, of course. Um, since we're talking about so many holiday films, what is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time? I think I know what it is. Uh, you're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. We'll be right back with the answer. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James, St. James, and Blake. Um, so, what was the question, Blake? What is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time? Maybe are you are we putting Die Hard in there, or I'll maybe. tell you, it's not that Die Hard okay, is a good guess. How about King Crosby's White Christmas? Or maybe uh, is a wonderful life adjusted for inflation, but I'm but I'm thinking it's Elf or something like that. Or Mr. So- Smith goes to Washington. Is that's a Christmas movie, right? Those are good guesses, but you're wrong. <laughs> for the longest time, for thirty years or so, it was Home Alone. Oh, until, sure. until 2018, The Grinch. What? Right. That I Jim Carrey atrocity. I was sure it was still Home Alone, but Wikipedia never lies. Hmm. All right. Well, we're counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow. And we've reached, I think, number four. Number four. Yes. um, We were talking about the monoliths earlier. um, And one of them just popped up on Isle of Wight in the UK. 
Oh, it's near my hometown. I is go to Gulfport, which is just across the water from the Isle of Wight. Well, I the Isle of Wight as a kid a lot. Love the Isle of Wight. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Well, we have a little connection then, Fenton, because I have, I just, for Black Friday, I've been wanting to do this for forever, but I signed up for Ancestry.com. Not the DNA swab or anything, but where you just mm. build your family tree and with the leaves that give you hints and stuff. I've tracked back my Jacob side, my name side, namesake, nine generations back to the Isle of Wight in UK. What? Who would have thunk it? Where what? in the Isle of Wight? Do you know which town? I don't. I mean, I could tell you. I don't know off the top of my head, but... Yeah, one of the small towns. I have several relatives that came from the Isle of Wight. I can't believe it's so near your hometown. All the towns on the Isle of Wight are small. But interestingly, Britain once had a space program, and it was based at the end of the Isle of Wight, at the Needles, which are these chalk cliffs. And I once went on a camping trip, and we just walked around this abandoned, empty space center. Amazing. That is amazing. I also found out that on my grandma's side, the Jacob side, um, we go back to Canada. I'm not as far back there. It gets kind of confusing because, you know, there's so many branches to go on. But um, my grandma has once told me that we were distantly related to Edgar Allan Poe. What? I've gotten, I've gone back to, and I found Lucy Poe. P-O-E. Uh, so now I'm trying to find how I'm related to Edgar Allan Poe. Do, do you have you? I know you're adopted, James, and you know you've mentioned some people that, that your adoptive family is related to, but have you either ever done anything like this? Yes. It just recently over the la- over the summer or, or I mean, over, I think at the beginning of the year, I did both ancestry.com and DNA. Uh, what the other one is and what we learned was that i am 95 97 percent uh british uh london and edinburgh and manchester were the three places that i was from and i have told you that i've every time i've ever ever been to edinburgh as i as i fly over i look down and i just say oh this looks like home and the minute I touch down, I think this is something I could live here forever. I love this city. I love every, it. Just everything about it is on my vibrational frequency. Mm. And it, I think that's some sort of ancestral thing. Before I, before I even knew, you know, that I, every time I went to Edinburgh, I just th- thought this is the most magnificent city I've ever been in. Well, I'm never- very new. I mean, of course, you know, that's where J.K. Rowling wrote, wrote Harry Potter. So it feels it just feels very you. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe I was uh, Elizabeth, uh, I mean, um, uh, Queen Mary of Scots. Mary Queen of Scots. Yes, I, I, I think that that was, because I, I look up at that castle and I just think, well, I that's home. <laughs> I oh. should be living there. Hmm. Well, I just got my um, passport right in time for everything to shut down this year. <laughs> sure. uh, as soon as I get it back up and running, I want to go to the Isle of Wight and check I- it out. I would love to take you. I'll take you to Cows and Yarmouth and and um, all the all the sites of the Isle of Wight. It's a lovely, oh, lovely place. <sighs> That's nice. This is such a feel good show today, isn't it? 
Um, we, haven't, we haven't gotten to my next subject, so. Okay, well, here we are, number three. <laughs> number three. Okay, I want to bitch a little bit um, about Luke Evans, the actor, who uh, is a very handsome man. He does, He's had a lot of fantastic, he's had a lot of success. Out, open, gay man, very good looking, has a boyfriend, everything like that. He gave an interview in which he said, uh, very just sort of off the top of this, oh, no, I've never been in the closet. Not once, not ever. I've always been out and always been gay. And it it created a firestorm of controversy because, God damn it, he was not, that is not the case. He was an out actor in London who did a lot of stage play. He he was in Taboo. He did the he played Boy George, I think, in um, one of the Boy George. He did a lot of very camp things, and he was very well known for being gay. He came to America, and the minute he came to America, he got some weird management team who told him that it would kill his career if he was gay, and he immediately went back into the closet famously went back into the closet the 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 management team set him up with a girlfriend a publicist and he and his gal pal were constantly seen and placed in page six items together how oh luke and his girlfriend blah 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 and he went along with this and then it wasn't until a few years later that he came out again and said that he was gay and now Everybody, and I wish Tom was here because Tom and I would, would argue about this uh, vociferously. I come from an era in which outing was very important, the you know the ACT UP era. And I, I am always believe that if you can help the children, if you can do something good with being out and out celebrity, <clears throat> that you should. But knowing that... Everybody has the has the right to come out in their own time, and there is nobody for us to tell you when you when you can come out, when you can't come out. My only problem with this is that he is lying. It's a bald faced lie that he did not come. That he was always out of the closet, and I don't. I, I find it just reprehensible. I find it repugnant that he would sit there and just lie to a journalist and say, "I never. I've always been out, and I was never in the." Closet. Because by God, there is, and I do remember, like Colton Haynes, blogging about his homosexuality and getting a cease and desist order from his management company saying that we will sue World of Wonder. And it was a whole big deal where I had to take back my, I had to say he wasn't gay, even though I knew that he was. And like Colton Haynes, which we've talked about before, um, I was very angry with Colton Haynes for not coming out because remember, he had done that XY uh, photo spread in which he was in a hot tub kissing boys in the beginning of his career and he was a hot boy in WeHo. Everyone knew him. He was sort of an it boy in WeHo. He was he was with boys all the time, blah, blah, blah. But then as he started doing Teen Wolf and Arrow, he uh, was sort of cagey about his sexuality. And it wasn't until there was an interview in which they said that he said that his stepfather had committed suicide when he found out that he was gay and that that was, it caused him all sorts of post-traumatic stress over the, the issue. And that's why he was in the closet. And I realized that I had been very vocal about outing Colton without knowing the backstory. And so I, like I said, I give people the benefit of the doubt for not coming out now, but 
to come out, go back in, and then come out again, and then say you were never in the closet is is the height of hypocrisy. And I just wanted to address that. And Luke Evans is a POS as far as I'm well, concerned. I don't understand how people like that that have a celebrity, have a star, how do they think that we aren't going to figure this out? Well, that's just it. Like, I guess we are in a society where we are only, you know, the the controversies and 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 you know they all come so fast that we really only remember what happened two days ago. We don't. Nobody bothers to look six years ago what was happening. So you can sort of bullshit your way because very few people check up on something like this happens where you know it's just people bold face lie like that and they have a star or they are a celebrity i don't understand where they get off thinking that (laughs) where what has the last four years been other than bold face lies yeah celebrity just and i think the abundance of those lies enables other lies like the one james is talking about too Mm -hmm. All right, well, uh, moving on to number two. Number two. I was going to talk about the 12 dates of Christmas, the um, the uh, rom-com reality dating show on HBO Max. <laughs> and every time I try to watch it, I just can't get through it. It's so awful. <laughs> so I'm just not going to talk about it. In fact, it's saved by the bell because um, Up Pops, Bill Coleman sent me a, a, a poster for a film called A Recipe for Seduction. Have you heard about this? We all have our secrets. His just happens to be A Recipe for Seduction. And he, of course, is Mario Lopez. And it, the, the trailer says breathlessly, Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on, I mean, because God bless uh, the, the KFC they do have some fantastic marketing ploy. I don't remember if you remember they had the um the nail polish that smelled like chicken. They came out with a mo- uh, uh, a a modern romance novel like a like a bodice buster about Colonel Sanders. They do do a lot of really fun things. The Crocs. Yeah, oh, the yeah, the yeah, the the, the KFC Crocs. Um, but we'll talk about this in a second because I was all excited about this movie and then Mario Lopez stepped in it recently. And I don't know if you want to address that. Um, you might have to address it for me because I'm not aware of what he did. I know he's on the Republican side of things. He's very Republican. And do you know Candace Owens? Are you, are, is she on your radar? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the horrible, horrible right winger, transphobic, uh, homophobic. He went on her radio show, and for some reason, they decided to start talking about trans kids. And Mario Lopez said, "I think it's dangerous to allow trans kids to get, you know, the pubescent blockers and things like that." And, I, and mm-hmm. he went off on this rant that just made him come off in a way that we've always loved Mario. In fact, we've done worked with Mario. Uh, on a couple of the projects here at World of Wonder, and yeah. we always liked him. But it's weird to think that he had that side to him that we didn't realize. Well, right. Reba will always be the best Colonel Sanders. So <laughs> I was so, so happy. No, I've watched the trailer. There's a 60 second trailer. I mean, this is a, it, by the way, this is a mini movie. So, and uh, my inside sources tell me it's actually 15 minutes long, which I think. A bit ambitious calling it a mini movie. Maybe you should really call it an infomercial 
Um, and it's premiering on Lifetime on Monday, on, on December the 13th. But anyway, the, the sort of Mario may have met his match because, um, you know, we, Randy and I did a Lifetime movie and it was a nightmarish experience um, about the Menendez brothers. And the thing about Lifetime movies is they're obsessed with hair. They spend, they work themselves up into such a lather and a frenzy about wigs and hair pieces. And it ends up nine times out of 10, or let's say 10 times, it ends up looking cheap. <laughs> it seems the more they care about it, the more cheap it looks. And we went through this with the Menendez brothers and we had a tiny little toupee for one of the, it was redonkulous. Well, here's the thing. Mario Lopez's hair in this as you'll see in the trailer, it looks like someone just got some chalk dust and grease and just combed it through his hair. It looks <laughs> ridiculous. It looks, it looks ridiculous. And I know that executives at Lifetime were spending months having meetings and doing Zooms, I'm sure, endlessly about hair because it's just for some, it's a bizarre network fixation. They obsess about it. They put so much energy into it and they always end up getting it wrong. And they've really done well this time with the Colonel Sanders hair on Mario Lopez. It like, it. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But I still can't wait to see this. I'm very excited. I'm going to be watching it too, definitely. Well, mark your calendars. Um, Lifetime original mini movie presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Debuts Monday, December the 13th at noon. And also mark your calendars because our special homeschool musical class of 2020 premieres on HBO Max uh, next Thursday, uh, December 17th. When we come back, we'll reveal the number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. All right, welcome back. Uh, you've been listening to the Wow Report. We've been counting down the top ten things that make us go wow. wow. We've reached number one, James. Number one. Well, I don't know if you saw this. It was a fifteen-second clip that went viral where Nigella Lawson was making something. She was stirring something, doing what she does best, and she says in and she said to put it in the microwave and. All of she pronounced it in a way that I'm going to tell you in a second that made everyone in the world think, have we been saying the word microwave wrong for the past 50 years? She said, put it in the mic, the, the microwave. <laughs> and everyone and people have been like on, on Twitter, you keep saying, I've watched this a thousand times. She really said the microwave. And, and it made me think of, like, you know, when you call Target Target, yes. or remember we used to go to the Club Savage, but we called it Savage. And I wonder if she was making a joke and she was trying to make it funny, or if it's one of those things like Fenton, where all of a sudden he'll say something like aluminium, and you're like, what in the hell are you talking about? I can assure and- you, having known Nigella Lawson since I was at Oxford with her, she never said microwave. And it must microwave, been- microwave. <laughs> A friend of mine the other day, we were talking about Christmas, and she suddenly talked about Santa. And I was like, who are you? It's it's Santa, right? She was, no, it's Santa. I was like, no, it is not. I thought I was having a stroke. Santa. Have you ever talked about Santa? (laughs) Sorry. 
Well, I just I just thought it was very funny, and I think that from now on we need to say I'm going. I'm putting it into the microwave, darling. Microwave, microwave. It's gonna get yes, microwave. Not microwave, <laughs> microwave. All right, the number one thing that made us go wow this week is a uh, microwave. We oh. I got it right. I you got, got it right. Yes, I just got one in my um office actually. You have a microwave. I do. I bought it so I could have Lean Cuisines. <laughs> so we'll have to put the link of her saying it on the on the uh, WoW report. So yeah, everyone can we out. should make a shade button that's the microwave button. So you hit it and it goes, <laughs> microwave. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning into the WoW report on Radio Andy. Listen to previous episodes on our YouTube channel, WoW Presents. And God willing, we'll see you the same time, same place next week. Until then... Stay home, don't go out, but do something that makes the world go wow. wow.